everyone. I'm Laura Grunler. And I'm Matt Grunler. And today on K-12 Art Chat Podcast, we're going to be talking with Maria Thomas and Rick Roberts about Zentangles and mental health. Oh, man. I, well, I just feel like we have <laughs> celebrities on the podcast today. Like in art world, this is really, and really exciting. It is. It is. Um, we were super excited to be connected with um, our guests today um maria thomas and rick roberts and so just through a wonderful connection one of one of our producers from davis is connected to these amazing artists (laughs) and they are the co-founders of zentangle and what (laughs) (laughs) like i just can't believe they're here i mean how many times have we thought about it and you know maybe dabbled with it a little bit in our classrooms and didn't really have the the bigger picture picture of it all yeah. and now we get to meet and talk with the co-founders and Maria and Rick we are super excited that you're here if you could just kind of tell everyone just to get us started and tell everyone a little bit about who you are and um you know your your journey perhaps well, well, let's see. Hi, everybody. <laughs> We're so glad to be here. You know, uh, Davis was uh, part of um, Zentangle early time, and Tony was was a neighbor. Yeah, she lived right down the lived street. Lived right and, down the street, which, you know, what are the chances? And her <laughs> husband helped us with some of uh, putting together some our of printing. our earlier printing yeah. products. And, uh, yeah, so she's she became a good friend and, uh, and stayed that, and uh, we stay in touch, and it's been wonderful. So about 19 years ago, so Maria's background it was in lettering arts, and about 19 years ago, I interrupted her doing a uh, very detailed project where she was putting these small patterns in the background of a, a large gilded letter. And uh, when she, when I interrupted her, she was uh, like sort of came out of this relaxed, focused flow state uh, and like waking up. And she but had, you have to, I got to interrupt yeah. here. <laughs> I am so not anybody who would put their fingers together and meditate. You know, that whole Zen thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would never in my life be able to do that because I'm kind of hyper and, and I do things fast. And and uh, uh, I have my, my own way of doing things. I'm mostly self-taught. Uh, and And anyway, when Rick interrupted me, I came out of this place that I had never experienced before. And you know, when something hits you and like, mm-hmm. like you wake up out of a dream, what was that a dream? Was that not a dream? But I looked down and I had all of this work done, hours and hours of work. And I was explaining this to him and he said. Well, the, what she was describing you know, you can tell we told this story before, but it still has this, you know, electricity to it because mm-hmm. what what she was describing was what, you know, people go to India for or go to ashrams for or, or do, you know, that sort of spiritual practice. But it wasn't, she started describing all of these things. And I just got to add one other little sidebar to it is that before this, we had been doing craft fairs where you've seen some of Maria's work, the, the botanicals and the lettering, and we were selling them at craft fairs and people would line up to watch her letter because she would personalize them for people. And they would all say, oh, I wish I could do that, but, 
And, but I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the talent. And we started collecting this list of stuff. A list of 10. And it turned out to be a list of 10. Because you hear the same thing over and over. Mm. Like if you meet somebody at a party, you say, oh, you're a teacher. There's probably like five questions you, you can bet mm -hmm. is going to follow that, right? <laughs> so anyways. Well, so we're in the, the, the booth and I'm doing my writing and I can see Rick in his usual way taking notes and he's taking notes of all of these things that people are saying um and i knew that what was coming was a list <laughs> so on that saturday when i interrupted her somehow we put this together that okay this was a really special thing that she's maria's having this experience drawing these little patterns in the background well no but let me i'm sorry we, we interrupt each other all the time one of my first things I said to Rick was, oh, my God, well, we have to teach this to everybody. This was the most amazing thing. And it was so simple. It was so simple. And then. So yeah. like to learn lettering or at least at the mm -hmm. level, like as the way Maria would describe it, it took her decades to get to the point of that, you know, facility with the pen and, and the skill set and the muscle memory and everything. But to do these little patterns that she was doing in the background of this gilded letter, anybody that could sign their name could have done it. And so we, we remembered all of those people that had been at, at all those craft fairs. And it, I don't think it was that they wanted to do, a, you know, the descenders and the capitals like Maria did. They wanted to experience what they could see was flowing through her onto the paper. Like that is so inspired. I want that. This is a way that they could get that. And so we just, so. I was never a struggling artist. I was a happy artist my whole life. I, I, I just loved my work. I loved it. All I wanted to do was, was that, and I wanted people to watch me. <laughs> that, that's kind of maybe not as common in the lettering world where I was a performance artist I, mm. and I, the, the closer they got, the better I liked mm -hmm. it. And, um, <laughs> and it created like a feedback loop. Of, yeah. Of, yeah. And it made the pieces more valuable to them because I'd let them film it. I'd let them, you know, keep that memory of watching it being done. So at that, at that time, so it's a Saturday here's the picture that it's a Saturday afternoon and we're putting this together and there's this like this electricity of like, oh, this is something really special. There's something really precious here. And we wanted, to, so what we did is, and this, this is the sort of like the non-Zentangle um, inspiration away. or takeaway yeah. for, for everybody that's listening to this is that every now and then an idea comes along and you've got to catch it, you've got to nurture it, you've got to feed it, you've got to caretake it. So what we did is like, okay, this is something really important. So we had a blank book, we took the blank book, we made a reservation at a bed and breakfast in Western Massachusetts. Because we'll use any excuse right? to do that. <laughs> and we just went away. And so the phone didn't ring in the house for us. The, the, you know, the, there was nobody coming, but we were able to just go into our own space and we just, recorded our conversations. So on the way out there, it was like, what, two hours to get yeah. there or something? We were sort of like this, like little kids, you know, <laughs> discovering Disney World or something. And we couldn't stop talking. And it was so magical. And it was like we were being channeled by some 
buddy like in the back seat taking dictation you know? but it just it didn't at the time it just felt normal like oh we could do this and oh we could do this and we could call it that and by the time we were there and come back we had developed the whole method or recorded the whole method or whatever you Designed, want to say yeah. it and named it and we never changed anything and and it has just you know we just started sharing it with people and like the local bookstore the local library and it just it is what it is today now and without we, any changes without any changes and no. without any advertising there are additions but not changes right <clears throat> so you know now we use like different colored paper or different colored pens or mm -hmm. things like that but the, the whole principle and the whole idea of um, the gratitude and appreciation and high quality tools being an integral part of that i think has you know it has impacted it and then we were thinking you know people are just going to love this because they can make something beautiful Mm -hmm. And what was surprising to us that we didn't expect was the health knock-on benefits that we started hearing. So when we started doing our seminars um, is when we would actually come in contact with people who had been studying our mm -hmm. work, and they started to come up to us, and they would, like, grab our forearms in sort of a very light, gen and they'd say, but you don't understand. This saved my oh. life. And every sing and then they would tell us their story, and every single story was different. Every single one, not I mean, and they were so passionate and so grateful. Um, and so we started to think, wow, this isn't just pretty patterns and a, and a little, um, you know, art class. It it was even more than that. It was mm -hmm. art as uh, um, healing, mm -hmm. and it was amazing, amazing. And it was never. It was never uh, promoted that way. So actually, early on, we, we met with some professors at a local university, and they said, oh, this would be great therapy. And we said, nah, we don't want to go that way because we didn't, you know, we didn't want to have somebody look, oh, you're doing Zentangle. What's wrong? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and so now it's like, well, you know, people recommend going fishing or taking a walk in the woods. No one's, you know, criticizes it that way. So now, you know, we're, we're doing some pretty awesome uh, studies with UMass. Uh, we're doing uh, some classes at uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute and we're and a couple other major universities are going to include it in their student orientation because there's been so many uh, stressors in the mm -hmm. last uh, couple, couple years, years yeah. particularly that have, in the case of uh, WPI, there's been uh, just a, a bunch of student suicides, which mm. brought us in. So, so Matt and Laura, you must see it in the school systems there, right? Oh, oh yes. You, uh, everything you've just said, we've seen. Uh, we we were just talking about even the little ones. Um, so like your kinder first and second, we're seeing more trauma in those children than we've ever seen before. Um, and, you know, what was interesting, you shared these wonderful books, and I really dug into the primer that you mm -hmm. shared with us mm -hmm. and we followed the steps. And I think that that was, that was really important to um, Rick, you mentioned the, the, the gratitude and the tools and the, mm -hmm. just all the pieces to the it's, it's there, there's really some, to me, I felt like when we would do it with our kids. So that going back to your point, I mean, I don't know that our kids have experienced trauma. We have three of our own, 
Um, mm. but we just thought, you know, what a great way to end the evening, everyone, before we go to bed every night. So we started doing this, um, around the coffee table, we'd sit right next to around the coffee table, all of us. And we did it in the, in the, the guided way that you showed us in the book. And we saw our own children kind of this decompressing, decompressing mm-hmm. and being oh, able sweet. to, you know, our, our middle one is, is 12. So there's just a certain amount of trauma being in middle school period. Like that's it, right? <laughs> like middle school is hard. Uh-huh. Um, and she's always been our, our kiddo that has, she's in her head. She's our artist, like really, she's mm. just always thinking about the world, always thinking about, you know, all these things and it it's, it's helped her sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I think just thinking, I was thinking about how could we use this in our curriculum? How could we but I think one of the fundamental things is that just, and I, I loved what your daughter wrote in the, in the forward to the book, because she said, you know, I liked it that she was like, well, I'm an artist. I can just do this. <laughs> and, and then she realized, no, she really needed to, to do it in the, to, to learn it the way that you had taught it, you know, and then take it from there. Mm-hmm. And I thought the same thing, like if we could build this into especially at the beginning of the year as a practice, right? So that you're doing it as a practice. Um, one of the things in our curriculum is that all of our students have uh, sketchbooks, we call them visual journals. Mm-hmm. And if this was part of that, that practice, um, like in my journal, I still did the, the squares, but I just glued them in so mm-hmm. that I could sweet. keep them. Yeah. So that yes. I could yeah. just keep them in my journal, you know? And I thought, well, what a perfect practice to give those kids so that they have it as a tool to use, um, for all kinds of different things, you know? So I believe my personal feeling about this is the magic of Zentangle was this three and a half inch square Mm -hmm. where you could sit down and complete a piece of artwork in a short period of time, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, leaving it, walking away and maybe going back to it in a week or, you know, but the fact that you completed them in these short periods, there was this self of this uh, feeling of accomplishment Mm -hmm. that made you want to do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if you had a a mistake, well, I want to do it again because I'm going to do it different this time. So there was always this uh, rebirth of a beginning and end and, and feeling of like it. And, and because it was just a short period of time, you would get, you could give it away. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you were giving away weeks of your, of your work. It was one meditation. And there's something really cool about the whole idea of journaling, because if you journal non-representationally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since you can go back and rotate your tile, you can see something new in it, you can remember the experience, but you can now reinterpret it rather than if you're journaling just verbally with words, Mm -hmm. you go back and you reread the words, you go back into the mindset or heart set of, of, of the, oh, this was a terrible day or a great whatever you get, you go yeah. back to that place, but with something non-representational, you can perhaps reinterpret it, see it in different ways. There, you know, I found something really kind of comforting in the fact that it was a little three and a half by three and a half square, you know, the, you're kind of, once you do get really engaged, you know, on this small little piece, you're, you're in, and those, those little square sides, you know, kind of go, okay, it's, it's almost like wearing a, like a weighted blanket almost. It's that kind of yes. comforting. I love that. Kind of, that's that's a know. real good uh, uh, 
analogy. I like yeah. that. I mean, because I was thinking about it, we had, I did, you know, from the from the steps that I got from your book, I we had we had some time with some of my students, and mm -hmm. I was like, hey, let's let's go do this because they just seemed they needed that that time to kind of settle and kind of pull down because it was the last probably thirty minutes of class, and I got them started. I'm like, have you guys ever done Zentangles? And they were like. Um, I think, no, not really. And so I was like, all right, everybody come here. So we went through the steps, you know, we put, we put the dots and did all that. And then, and then I started kind of teaching them a few of just the, the beginning patterns. And I had like, all of a sudden the sound drop, the, yes. the tenseness that they all had at the very end of the day, was just kind of coming down. And I had one kid that was like, Oh man, I'm going to start doing this more often. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, you know, because even in a second grade class where we would have 30 mm -hmm. 35 people mm -hmm. pin drop silence yeah. and the yep. teachers were looking around like <laughs> who are these people right. and what did they do with my our kids, you know? And and the bus we did one that was like a, a one o'clock class and oh you got like 40 minutes. And at 3.30, the, the bus drivers are coming in and saying, you know, uh, we got to take the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, and in yeah. that class, too, uh, this, um, as we taught, they, they just kept wanting more and more. And, but as they taught, they got on the floor and started creeping closer and closer to us until they were all around so, our feet. And we're like and hanging and out there. And drawing on the floor. And they're looking at the, at, they're looking at the patterns in the the mm -hmm. the classroom and they're creating new tangles they're creating yep. new patterns they're they're becoming more aware of their environment mm -hmm. and seeing things that were always there but not noticed that, that, oh, that would they they were awesome yeah there's a there's a thing that laura and i always talk about the well two things actually is one it's that observation once once you get kids to really start observing Slow things down the things they it. actually do observe are are just mind-blowing yeah. And Laura has mentioned many times in a lot of presentations that we've done before is that idea that kids are just really craving that that time to reflect that that quiet time, even though they just fully submerge themselves in everything that's around them, that all of a sudden, once they kind of see it and get a taste of it, that that kind of quiet reflection, they just really start craving that. You know why babies like to be swaddled? Yes. <laughs> it's the same way the blanket it's the same, idea. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. boundaries, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would, uh, going back, I mean, you know, the. Oh, it's like an artistic hug. Yeah. Exactly. Really oh, there yeah. you go. Once yeah. you've yeah. all your emotions into that Absolutely. square and it's just like, okay. All right. Well, and I do think that the, the idea of the accomplishment, I want to, I wanted just to hit on the idea that. <laughs> you were teaching this with second graders, because I think during the chat, we had, we had a good turnout, people talking about it. And I think people maybe have the misconception because the first question was just about how do you define the art form of Zentangles and what is your definition and that kind of thing. There, was a variety of there were a variety of answers, but I, what I did notice was that a lot of people, I think thought that they were for older kids or older people. Mm. And, you know, we, we did, our youngest is nine and she, she did some really nice pieces. Awesome. Look at yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. And she just started flipping through the book wow. and she's like, yeah. I'm going to try that pattern. And I, yeah. you know, in, in your book, you have several different and new patterns. And she was like, I'm going to try that one and I'm going to try that one and I'm going to see what happens. And really it was the same idea that, you know, once we had done two or three together, mm -hmm. 
and she had it down and she understood she could complete a whole piece because they're only three by three. <laughs> she was on fire. So, you know, I'm just curious, how would you, what would you say to the teachers that don't feel this is maybe for the younger kids? So what happens in Zentangle is um, a, a, maybe a little bit different than other art forms that there is really uh any any time you want to approach a tangle, there is very specific. Okay, first you do this, then you do that, then you do, and it's a magic trick. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this thing appears in front of you, and and the kids go, "Wow, I did that!" And they go home, they show their parents, and they said, "Well, what is this?" And they say, "Well, this is something I did," and the parents said. You didn't do that because <laughs> it's it's abstract, it's sophisticated, mm-hmm. it's beautiful, and it's this little tiny talisman of a meditation. Mm-hmm. So to like go off of what you said and everybody is saying in that second grade class, so first to answer your question, you will be blown away at how comfortable and skilled younger kids are with abstract mm-hmm. and once they get the, the pattern. So for instance, we have this one tangle, or it's a word for patterns called holobob. Mm-hmm. And it looks really complex. It looks like all these, you know, boards or sticks, or sticks or, laying yeah. all top of each other. And when we did the second grade class, they loved it because it's really simple. You do this, then you do this, then you do that, then you repeat and it. And you just keep doing it. And just keep mm-hmm. doing it. If you had taken the result and said to that same class and those same kids, okay, class, draw this, there would just have been, well, I guess I'm not an artist because I can't Mm -hmm. draw that. Mm -hmm. But if you follow the steps or as you follow the steps, it just gets, there it is. And they're all different. And just like Laura, you were saying about your daughter, and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Because you could tell that they were all that pattern and they were all different and when they're put together in a mosaic which is why we call them tiles everybody has this feeling of of contributing and participating in a way that is genuinely themselves but it's part of the group etc cetera, etc cetera. but just just be blown away by how skilled and naturally comfortable the younger kids are with abstract and with patterns and with the the joy of putting pen to paper because as soon as the pen hits the paper there's something and it's different than doing a stylus on a pad mm-hmm. that physical pen in a physical hand on a physical piece of paper is i don't know whether it's primal whether it's natural how it it's different and the the chatter that's going on in your head seems to be entranced by watching that pen touch the paper and all of a sudden there's this quiet and inside yeah, and out yeah. and and again i forget who who is saying i think it was you matt was mentioning boundaries you know we talk about the elegance of limits mm-hmm. and then particularly with with people putting the dots and the connecting them to form the border and we never thought about this when we did it but for some people we've learned this is the first time they've been able to create their own boundaries in life oh wow and all of a sudden they're now working and creating and bringing something forth that never existed in this safe space on this small piece of paper 
And I think that has something to do with the tremendous amount of relieving of stress or the physical, I mean, the crazy physical healing stories. And this mm -hmm. is not a medical device in any way, but we get all these, these anecdotes back and it's being studied now. And I think there's something about that happening. You know, um, I, as a, as a teacher, I was never a teacher before Zentangle. Zentangle didn't make me an artist. Zentangle made me a teacher and a, a lecturer or, mm. or, you know, something I never would have done in my life. But as a teacher, my ideas of, of teaching art were only as a guide. You never uh, corrected people. You never said, no, that's not the way it should be done. You just let them do it and create their own thing. And, and, and their practice will take them where their practice takes them. But that's the only way art can grow is mm -hmm. if you you don't have these strict um uh like preformed preformed ideas of what it should look yeah. like mm -hmm. you know we did a class we were invited to do a class at uh at a university and we we were learning how to teach it early on and we'd made these flashcards. so like this flash card was this tangle and okay. this one was that tangle and when we after we showed them the first time the students would say oh could you show us that one again? We want to make sure we get it right. And so oh. we never use those again. <laughs> yeah. Because it's again. Because we didn't want it right. We wanted it beautiful. And that's different. That's a whole yeah. different mm -hmm. thing. You know, we, we'll, we'll do this little word game in classes. It's like, well, look around and find the person that looks exactly like you. <laughs> you know, so why should your, you don't look like everybody else. Why should your art look like everybody else? And it's You're like. Speaking my language. I, yeah. You know, and only. That whole idea of what you said, Laura, was so cool, or what your daughter said, and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's enough scaffolding here, there's enough mm -hmm. structure that the, the artist, and we, life is an art form, everybody's an artist, that's like foundational to us. There's enough scaffolding and structure that you can then do things that were totally unanticipated by us or by anybody else. You know, Rick, one of the things that I just got really excited about was, and I, I read this in the book too, that, you know, the, the idea that they are tiles, like you can put them together as a mosaic. I would just love to see teachers do this with their kids and then put everyone's up together as a, as a big mosaic in the hallway or, you know, wherever, so that the kids could see the difference in, mm -hmm. you know, that they've all created their own unique meaning behind, mm -hmm. you know, something. And I, I think, you know, it, one of the things Matt and I talk about a lot is I, I get very, uh, I don't know, little passionate, passionate upset. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I, I just, I, there's nothing that bothers me more than going into a, a school and seeing a, a wall of matching penguins or a wall of matching, <laughs> you know, it mm. seems to always be winter animals, but penguins or polar bears, or, you know, it, it, there's no, there's every child is unique and their art should be unique. And I, I just love that, that you, you said that. So one of the really important parts right from the beginning, and this was always a, a thing with me, is that there are no blue ribbons in Zentangle, there are no contests, there's no best of show ever. And if we find out that teachers are teaching it with this in mind, we will stop them. If somebody calls us and say, you know, this is happening and they're having a, a, a thing and they're going to have a, 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 you know, somebody's going to 
judge it. I mean, judging art to How me was was such a uh, an insult. You know, who yeah. who are people to judge most of the time? And uh, so no blue ribbons, no nothing. All of these things have a meaning. Every person's um, have, I mean, and, and you know this from art because like um, the, the Renaissance artists changing and then and then with the the, uh, the the explosive, wonderful, colorful art coming in in the late 1800s, early 1900s, where art changed so much you know, uh, that it wouldn't have been able to do that if people didn't break the rules and go in different directions. <laughs> and there's oh. something really cool about the mosaic is that, you know, first of all, this, you can give the same class, like we've gone into schools, like uh, we did a, a Waldorf school, and everybody took the class from the first grade to the 12th grade, all the teachers, in the all same the room. staff, all the support staff, you know, like um, food services, everybody wow. was there. So it's the whole school community, not just this particular age group, interest group. And then out of that came this beautiful mosaic and you've got, you know, the third graders tile next to the principal's tile and no one can tell who's, who's, you know, who's, uh, you know, taller or shorter or, or anything. And it becomes a, a talisman or like a represent symbol of, of the, the whole community. And, and then they put it up on the wall. And, you know, regardless of how you might interpret any one tile, that mosaic is only possible because of every, every tile being in it. So mm. it's a really cool symbol. Maria, I was really, uh, I want to go back to what you were just saying about the Renaissance period and, you know, those, the, those people that we think of as, you know, Renaissance artists that were coming out at that time and the amount of things that were coming out, the, the, the spectrum of things that were being created. And, and, you know, then it got me thinking about the whole steam movement and teachers who say, oh, well, that's really great art that should be just done in the art room. You know, I don't see how that will connect with my class or my subject area what are some ideas or things, ways that we can connect those together and be able to complement those other subject areas too? And be so, able just to work with them. This is, to me, was really exciting, okay? <clears throat> Handwriting has been my passion since, I mean, I'm three. That, that was my thing, lettering. I always, always. And um, who knew where this would take us, right? And uh, we found out that Zentangle is being taught in some Australian schools before handwriting to, to get kids to con learn to control their movements of their hands without making mistakes or, or failing, but enjoying it and beautiful. And then they learn handwriting because they can control their hand. I mean, you mm -hmm. remember getting uh, tracing chastised, or, yeah, yeah, tracing. But and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is this is unbelievable oh, yeah. that that you. So it would be in in the handwriting class, or in in maybe right before taking a test to bring everybody's level down. Let's do a, a tangle or two just to to get everybody oh. in the same space. So mm -hmm. we just did a uh, training seminar for teachers. So there are now like. There's a, there's a bunch of certified Zentangle teachers around, you know, across the world. And 
at this class, we had this one woman from Australia, and she was describing a test that was done there, which was part of the reason she came, is that their version of the SATs, like pre-college, they took a, a, a sampling of students, and one group did nothing, one group did yoga, one group did um, something else, one group did you know, this other exercise, one group did Zentangle, and then they took their tests. And the group that did Zentangle art were way above the other groups. And this is something that we've seen in other places, particularly other schools. There's access to information. It's not that you don't know it, but there's less stress. You can access the information easier. You're more calm. And those are the types of things that I would say to, you know, to Matt's question is there's this innate intelligence, this innate creativity. And if you're working on a complex STEM problem, the type of creativity that brings things together from disparate, you know, silos, mm -hmm. I guess is the word, mm -hmm. and yep. puts them together in unexpected ways and comes up with novel solutions, discoveries, et cetera, is often a creative leap. And if you can go into that creative space deliberately, then you're, you set, you could do it almost like, okay, here's my puzzle. I'm going to do a tangle. I'm going to do this tile and I'm going to keep a blank piece of paper next to me, a notepad, and I'm just going to work on this pattern and then just collect what bubbles up. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, we asked. I don't know if that did. That no, did. no, it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, well, and I was thinking too. Just in the chat, there were a lot of teachers that said that they they thought of the Fibonacci sequence or formula when when they thought of Zentangles, or they there's they saw a lot of geometry connections or science connections. Absolutely, you know yes. those kinds of things. So there, I mean, I think I think teachers especially can see a lot of those those connections. Well art teachers, we can see all those connections well, immediately. We sort, of, we sort of slipped that stuff and Rick and I studied uh, um, sacred, sacred geometry, geometry before we were together. And uh, it slips in. And so we start, we teach as much as we can through Zentangle. So people are learning these things. They don't even know it. They don't realize that they're finding the sweet spot on the, uh, on the tile um, and, and what proportion it is or, or anything like that. Um, automatically, they start to realize that it's, it's part of our, our sense of, of, of uh, creativity. To, it's there it's 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 a part of nature right mm -hmm. yeah and and the way we set like in the kit there were like 34 tiles or the extra tiles are 55 tiles they're all fibonacci numbers so we just slip it in everyone yeah. we, we we don't tell anybody the, the, the shapes of some of the things and where we put the lettering on the back is all fibonacci all, fibonacci. all of it I don't That's know so if you, cool. if you awesome. go back yeah. if you have one of those measuring devices because we have yeah. so many of those you can go and find, you know, all of these different space where the the red square sits, where the you know where the lines are, and the importance of this and that. And a couple things that you were talking about the chat from the teachers. Uh, two things I wanted to mention is again with the the second graders or the younger students, and and your comment about um, winter animals is that <laughs> a lot of people feel for some reason or teachers feel that I've got to 
transition to Zentangle with something familiar. So I'll I'll get a you know a polar bear and we'll fill it in with tangles. But then if you're inspired to go outside the polar bear black line, which <laughs> then you did it wrong. And mm. so that's why we do all of our borders and strings and pencils. So if you're inspired to take it in a different direction, go for it. Right. And it also keeps it abstract. So to encourage again the teachers to just do it abstract. You can fill in stuff later. It's almost like patterns or colors. Mm -hmm. But first, appreciate the color as colors. First. first, teach it that way. So because they think the kids aren't going to understand it, that they, the only way the kids are going to have fun is to have a turtle to do or something. And it's not that way. They they do no. understand the abstractness yeah. of it. And the oh, we've seen it was, in our own yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry. No, the other thing was that, and this is to Matt's question as well, something about the Zentangle method is really awesome for solving problems. That whole concept of one stroke at a time and, okay, what's the situation? We have a puzzle. We have a problem. We have a whatever. What's the next best thing? To, what's the next thing to do? And how can I do it most beautifully, most artfully, most gracefully? and then review the situation instead mm -hmm. of planning like 87 steps ahead and they've all got to go right to get out this one exit or whatever you're planning you can retain that creative response every step of the way whether it's an engineering problem or a relationship problem or challenge or investigation or whatever it is there's something that if in the class people understand the Zentangle method and the vocabulary of it, it can be just as easily applied to an algebra problem. Mm -hmm. One of the other things too that was always important to me in, in, this, in the Zentangle method was to teach people to appreciate their own work. Mm. You're never ever taught to admire your own work. You can admire other people's work, but to sit, okay, now we want you to appreciate, I want you to find something, the, the, the thing you like most about this piece, tell us, talk about that on your own work, mm -hmm. as opposed to, oh God, give me the whip, my stuff isn't, isn't as good as the person next to me and everything. I want you to find what you love most about this, this square. It could be three dots in the corner in the back. It had mean something to me because I was thinking something really beautiful when I made the three dots. I mean, anything. It doesn't matter. Appreciate and admire your own work. Hold it out. Turn it this way and that. Look at different mm. ways to appreciate it. Well, I mean, and I think the nice thing about it being this tiny square, again, going back to the, the size of it, and you mentioned it many times in the book, is that idea, and you were just mentioning now, but just having a different viewpoint as you're, as you're turning it can change how you might approach the next thing, which is just like mm. solving a problem, which is just like, you know, solving something in science or something in math or engineering and having that to be able to really manipulate it in a certain way. Sorry. My well, no, I was away. just thinking that I, I loved watching I think I can understand why people would want to watch you, Maria, do this because I was watching our our kids do this and, you know, they're constantly turning the square as they're moving. Mm -hmm. And I think that mm -hmm. that's one of the magical things about this is that, mm -hmm. you know, when we give a kid a piece of 12 by 18 paper or something larger, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's hard to manipulate. It's hard to move around. And 
I, I love that you're, you're constantly making it from, sorry, I'm moving it as we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm just, I like, I'm, I'm moving it under the table. So yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I, uh, I just, I thought, you know, that's, that was a, another, just like magical trick about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is magical. I, I don't know how to, well, the, another the way real, to say the it. The real reason we, we originally taught turning your tile was to always have your hand in a comfortable state where that line is always going from top to bottom because that's how your hand works. But also by turning it, you're constantly seeing it in other ways, just like mm -hmm. you said. I, mm -hmm. I love that. Right. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask, and I might ask Tony to jump in here, Tony from Davis. Uh, so I know that, uh, and I haven't gotten a chance to jump into a lot of research on this, but people be can become instructors, right? Certified Zentangle instructors. And I know Tony did that process some at some point. Uh, what What's that process like? And how could teachers learn about that? We that's, that's for Tony. <laughs> <Yeah>. Either one. <laughs> well, I'll just jump in real quick and say that I was part of the first band of Zentangle um, instructors, and now there are many, many of them worldwide. Um, but it is an honor to say that I was part of the first the first troop. Um, but it's really very easy. I mean, it's a it's an enjoyable and amazing time that you get to spend with Rick and Maria and they bring you through the certification process by teaching you how to teach the teach the process. And I'm I'm going to turn it back over to Rick and Maria and let them tell you what that process or how many times a year they conduct that process. But it's a it's just an amazing gathering of people that want to learn this process and you are in an immersive experience that is just days of learning and it's amazing and that's how you become a CZT <laughs> right, and I'm so going to let Maria and Rick um, so flesh that out a little bit <laughs> yeah so CZT stands for certified Zentangle teacher and uh, yeah it, it is a uh, we now have I think over 6,200 uh, CZTs in over 62 countries. Wow. Uh, there are classes. So we give classes locally. Uh, we just gave one in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. We're going to do another one, I think, in September that's going to be online. Uh, and the information that was on the website, zentangle.com. And uh, we have uh, other CZTs, we have partners in, in Frankfurt, Germany, that mm. do uh, seminars in um, different languages, in yeah. German, French, Span and Spanish. And we have a team in uh, Taiwan and Shanghai. There's one going on right now in Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, it's very exciting. And as Tony said, it's a situation where you have people from all different countries and backgrounds coming because they get the importance of creativity. They've seen the difference it's made in their lives or their families' lives, and they just want to share it with others. And it's uh, it's it's like a family. So I'm going to jump in here, and um, anybody who is interested in going to a seminar. Um, they can ask us and we'll tell them, yeah, it's great. We have such a good time. <laughs> but what they really should do 
is contact any one of our 6,000 certified teachers and say, what did you think of seminar? Mm -hmm. And what I remember hearing from all of our people when they're leaving seminar is number one they're usually crying because they don't want to go they don't want to leave they don't want it to end <laughs> but we have so much fun and there's so much positive energy the classes people are in such a positive state that um i i don't even know that i have i can compare it to mm -hmm. anything else it's like this one big family of artists sitting in a room happy and and sharing everything with each other so i mean there's a lot of art forms sharing doesn't really come up in a lot of art forms that there's mm -hmm. there's a competition or anything there is no competition in scenting it is a joyous event but if they're interested in 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 um going to seminar they should talk to somebody who has gone and ask them how they felt about seminar and, and you still also, have the um the all of those emails on the zentangle.com website i'm pretty sure well you you used to list them all of the we had interviews and stuff yeah testimonials yeah stuff. yeah there's uh there's a whole testimonial <clears throat> section there's a newsletter you can uh, sign up for it's you know like twice a, twice a month uh we have a blog we have an app but you know in that in that sense about seminar it's important and we, we really make a point is we're not trying to get people to uh, be like us. We're not mm -hmm. trying to get people to follow anything. It's like we feel like we're caretakers or stewards of this discovery. And the same sort of gratitude that we got, you're going to get. Mm -hmm. because you're not also going to give something that you have to somebody else. You're giving somebody else the toolkit to unlock what they already have. And what they already have is really beautiful. And when you get confidence and comfort with letting it come out on a piece of paper, the whole world is different for you. And, and to me, um, one of the big uh, benefits of being a, a teacher and, and doing classes is that they're then going to have people coming up to them, grabbing their forearms and saying, oh my gosh, you don't understand what you just did for me. You know, how many times do you, do people come to you and say that you mm -hmm. don't understand, you don't understand. It's always, you don't understand. You couldn't possibly understand what this has done for me. Nothing else has ever worked. Nothing else has ever made me feel so good about myself. I think that speaks directly to what um, our teachers as a, as a whole experience with their mm -hmm. students and the kind of benefit that our education has within the school system, because it mm -hmm. really is a saving grace for many, right. many, mm -hmm. or all, I would even say, of the students that art educators um, touch every day. In my Especially office, today. I have a big uh, work of art that a friend made. She, she creates her own ink and she, it's this beautiful piece and it says art saves lives. And that is, that is our belief as art educators. You know, we're in there doing more than just teaching art. We're, we're really there to create a safe space for kids. And I think that that's very similar to what I'm hearing your mission. And I would also say, you know, one of the things I love, 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 love about your, your mantra, your, your mission is that everything starts with gratitude and appreciation, everything. And mm. 
you know, to me that connects completely to this idea of mindfulness or in, in education right now, going back to where we're, what we see in children, we're really working on, um, the social emotional learning, um, for a variety of reasons, kids just aren't being, they, they aren't really, you know, one of the things I think it was, uh, Rick, you said something about, you know, sometimes people sit down and they've never been taught how to set boundaries mm. and that Zentangle might be the first place that they can set that boundary is, you know, in edge, you know, educators do it all. We, we do all the things that used to be taught at home. And one of those things is, is managing your emotions and setting those boundaries and those kinds of things, you know, how would you speak to teachers who want to include Zentangle in their social emotional learning lessons? Well, I would encourage them to do it also themselves and to do it with the students. I think there's, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but the most important person on the beach is the lifeguard and the lifeguard's first duty is to take care of the lifeguard. Mm -hmm. because otherwise there's no lifeguard so you know for the for the teachers to maintain their creative outlet to maintain their excitement and electricity about an energy to tran to have that charge their battery to transfer it to the kids but then to do to do something together with the students and to have that I would say to do it more than once because what we found it's sort of like it's like learning a song you want to do it the same song over and over again until you can play it by heart and i love you know the whole idea of you, then you draw it by heart it comes mm -hmm. from your heart and the, the idea of you, you don't need to always teach a new pattern every day you know anybody who's you know put um a young child to bed it's like read that story read it again read mm -hmm. it again read it again and there's a comfort in doing that and getting really really comfortable with that and that creates a foundation that can then extrapolate to all other art forms to all other interpersonal reaction uh, interchanges uh, things that are happening in the school out of out of the school the the most you know, I love to play with words. And one of the things that I, you know, love is the idea of, you know, we talk about responsibility, but if you break the word apart, if you look at it as a response ability, that you, you look at it as a creative response that, okay, here's this situation, how I have an ability to respond to this. How, what are the options? What can I do? What's my next stroke? You know, our, our thing, anything is possible one stroke at a time. Okay, what do I do next? That's that idea of a creative response. You have that ability to bring to any situation. So that's uh, all, the whole thing of mindfulness is, is being right in the moment. And, and one stroke at a time, you can only focus on the next stroke. If you focus on 10 ahead, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. You can only control the next stroke. And teaching kids to do that or, or, or teaching them to do it, they don't even know they're doing it, but they'll get it. Mm -hmm. and, and Zentangle, it's all about it slipping into their everyday lives. They'll be able to respond to situations 
um, like one of the big things in Zentangle, there are no mistakes in Zentangle, no mistakes, only opportunities. And what do you do when something goes a little bit differently than you had expected? Um, and, and how do you react to it? And, and that allows them to learn how to do that in their lives. You know how many of us, once something is, isn't like what you thought it's going to be, you, you don't know what to do. You can't, you can't function at that point. But if you look at it and say, yeah, but now I have an idea. Maybe if I do this, it'll even be better. And you turn it this way and that, see it from mm -hmm. a different angle. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one of the things like if, if, so here's this bottle of water, right? If I hold it up, it's not a big problem to hold it up, right? But if I hold it up for an hour, get my arm extended, it's going to be probably really painful. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, like you were saying, as soon as the kids started drawing, they became quiet, they became relaxed. That was the experience. The whole energy in the room changed. If, if I know that I can set this down anytime for 15 minutes, I can pick it back up much easier than if I had been trying to keep it up, keep holding it up mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. So to know that you've got that tool in your toolbox and to be able to deliberately shift it is something that individual students can do. It's something that a teacher can do. There was a great um, little story. One, one teacher had um, arranged that all of the students in her class had a like Zentangle tools, tiles and pens, and they keep them in their cubby in the in the classroom. And this was like, I think, third or fourth grade. And then one student came in late. And the teacher knew ahead of time that he had experienced a trauma in his family. Mm. And she just said, let him let him be when he comes into the class. And so he came in, he went to his cubby, took out his Zentangle things, sat in the corner, facing the corner, and worked on a tile. And then slowly he started looking over his shoulder, and then slowly he finished his tile, put it back, and then reintegrated with the classroom. And it was a pretty serious event for him. And so there's, it's part, it can be part of the toolkit. Wow. I, well, yeah, I kind of, I don't have words. I just, I want to go put this into action. <laughs> oh man. You know, just on kind of on the same note, one of the other things that I really took away from just reading um, was the, this idea of empowerment and self-confidence. Mm -hmm. how, 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 where does that come from? Like, you know, just, just thinking about I mean, I saw it even in our, our kids as we were playing, not playing, but it was playing. Yeah, it was, it was, playing. It was playing, right? And it was playing fun. together we, as a family. We did. Yeah. yeah, we did have fun. And, um, and they, the, every night they want to do it now. Um, and, but I, I saw the confidence and the empowerment in, in our kids. And I just, I want to know from you where that comes from. Like where, what do you, what do you think makes that happen? That click? I think they discover that it came through them. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't something that it came from outside and they had to learn it and study it and get a good mark on it. They discovered that, oh my gosh. It was there all the time. It was there all along. Mm. That we were born with it and everybody has it. Um, 
And anytime one person thinks they got more of it than the others, that usually goes away. And there's this leveling off, you know, you know how in classes, there's always a couple that think that that they're just a little bit maybe superior <laughs> or whatever. And um, if 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 the kids know that they have the ability and the comfort and the confidence that they can do whatever they want, that that they know that that things are going to level off if, if that's what they want. And and when it, it's self-affirming. So when you're making a mark and you see it and you know you did it and you appreciate it and you're grateful for that experience and for what you did, there's something, you, you just know it. It doesn't require, it's not dependent on somebody else saying, oh, that's good or not good. It's mm -hmm. not dependent on anything outside. It's self-affirming and self-validating. But then how wonderful to have something to do. It's, it's also not just doing it like by your daughters alone. It's they're doing it with their mom and dad and their siblings and it's time together. It's a quiet time. You don't all have to be talking, yet you're making something together. There's a lot of magic going on there. And I bet they're already showing it to their friends, right? They're already mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. already sharing oh, definitely it with, take it with yeah. them, for sure. Yeah. So I got to interrupt and with this story. At that second grade class that we did, it it was... It was uh, Who's our grandsons? Many years ago. So it was <laughs> our, one of our grandsons was in the class. So after the class is over... Our daughter, who's the mom of the grandson that was there, gets a call from her friend. And her friend also has a student, a, a child mm -hmm. in that school. And her friend tells our daughter, oh, my son just loved learning about Zentangle. And Martha is really confused because she says to her friend, well, but your son isn't in my son's class. He wasn't in the class. <laughs> and so our daughter's friend said, yeah, but the second graders taught everybody in the school. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <sighs> yeah. wow. Well, because it's a magic trick. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work yeah. unless you share it. That's, you know, that's the that's other the thing too, is that you want to share this because it's so cool. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever, uh, Tony, I don't know if you've ever done it on like sitting on an airplane or something. Boy, there's nothing like breaking the ice. Somebody, they can't help but ask you, what are you doing? Tell, right. tell me, show me yeah. what, 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 you know, it's, it's a magic trick because they're it watching is. it. it they're is. watching yeah. it, you know. My favorite place to do it is was always the museums. So if we, me too. If, me I, too yeah. if I brought the kids to the museum or. Um, on the rare occasion that they would go with me, <laughs> or or if I just went myself, I would I would just sit in one of the galleries and do it. And people would always ask, so it's, yeah, it is a magic trick. Okay, you know what? You what? The, that you're the first person that I I I because I how often do we go in museums? And I'll sit in the middle and draw, because and I want to be surrounded by this mm. um, atmosphere and just be part of that oh energy. And it doesn't matter. We're not drawing what's on the walls. We're not even maybe taking you know, whatever. It's just, You're just being around that yeah. aura, right? Yes. And and when I also you go to museum, yeah, go Sorry. go, no go for I it. I also Tony. wanted to mention before you had said, um, you know, that you never 
being at at um, seminar, it was it's never like it's like nothing else that you've ever experienced. But I will say that I have had that same seminar experience when I'm in museums. But I've also experienced that same energy and power and just being around people that are creative and have the same energy and need and want that you have at conference, oh, right? That's, yeah. It's very similar to being at one of the state conferences or, or NAEA, mm-hmm. especially where you're just surrounded by your colleagues, people? And you're surrounded by people mm-hmm. that want the same things that you want and are eager to learn and just have that energy of, um, wow, this is, I'm going to learn so many new things and I just can't wait to put this into practice. So it's, it's um, it, just to, for the audience to understand that feeling that you were talking about it. it any of you have been to conference, which many of us have. It's very <laughs> well, well, you know, we did that. an NAEA in Texas, you didn't did it? A, and one you in did, New yeah. York. Texas yeah, and, in, and New York. Yeah. New York. Yeah. In New York and in California yeah. or something. I, I and, think you guys were in Boston too, because I yes, think that's yes, where yeah. Boston, we, saw, yeah. we saw you in Boston. That's you were right. in the next room next to us. We were yes. doing the tape art. Right. Yes. Tape art um, um, right. workshop, and you were and you were in the next in the next room, so that was really fun. But we, we you know, we we would do uh, live demonstrations at NAEA, and we always had uh, like three deep of people all around, and it was exciting, exciting having teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and 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 it was and, good. and people would tell we're going up this is in uh is this in new york yeah in new york we're going up the elevator and we're all crammed in the elevator you know and and uh they're staying in the same hotel and and this one couple is talking so what are you having your kids do while you're here well i got the substitute teaching them zentangle and and then we get up to we're, we're giving we we were giving like 20 minute classes in the sakura booth like like three an hour for hours and hours. Wow. It was just, but it was wow. great. It was great. And this one woman came up and she said, I am the head of the art department. I, I hope I get all this right. Head of the art department at Boston University. And for our graduate program, we do, I have all of my art, like post-grad work has to do some community outreach. And what they were doing that year is they were working with Boston Children's Hospital and they were going in and sitting with the students, I mean, sitting with the patients as they were getting chemo Mm. and Mm. having their arms, you know, so they would ask that their non-dominant arm be used for the intubation. Mm -hmm. And then they gave a Zentangle class to the children's that were there and they all left with a tile and instead of like crying for the most part throughout the whole process they were focused on the tile they had this talisman to take with them and so she's telling us this whole story and then she's crying and we're crying it was a really powerful time well i was actually the several times in this this conversation i kept thinking about how great i would love to teach some of our older kids that are you know 16 17 um this process and then so the national art honor society kids have to do service hours right and Mm. in our community um we're in an aging community so we have a lot of retirees um and a lot of um different assisted living homes and different things and i thought how wonderful would it be to see some of our high school kids in national art honor society 
you know, we teach this to them and then they go do this with some of our community members. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, because I was also thinking, um, about even memory care, like how wonderful this would be for people that are, that are, you know, struggling with memory and things like that. This, cause it is just focusing on that one stroke at a time. And uh, yeah. We're, it is wonderful. Um, I've, I've done several classes, not to keep, not to keep pushing in, but I'm so glad I stayed. Um, yes. cause I, when I was, so when I was actively, <laughs> when I was actively teaching, many of my classes were at memory care facilities and, um, and retirement communities mm-hmm. or, or, um, community centers that had activities for mm-hmm. elder care. Mm-hmm. And it, they were just the, some of the most amazing experiences that I've had with Zentangle was being with a, that community. So you'll, Tony, be happy to, or interested in hearing this. We, we, uh, so there, there's a Zentangle Foundation that we created to support studies and outreach and scholarships. And one of the first groups that we're working with is the Calgary Alzheimer's Center. Mm. And both with uh, not only the Alzheimer patient themselves, but with the family, with the caregivers and the staff. And it's something that the family can do with their loved one in the moment. And it's, and so they're doing some really good, cool studies with that. And so that's a really exciting um, boots on the ground. I also want to jump in here. We haven't really talked about the, uh, that that it doesn't cost a lot to do Zentangle. Right. I mean, it like, you know, if you want to do pottery, you need a wheel, you need a this, you need an (laughs) oven, you need clay, you need it. Um, or or oil paints and easels and everything. This is a piece of paper, a pen, and a pencil. That's really yep. all you need. And if you don't have that, you could do it with a stick in the sand. We, it's so um, simple. And 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 I know that we try to encourage using all the best supplies you you can find or that you can afford. But if you can't, it doesn't have to cost anything. Mm-hmm, anything. Right. And and so working with these people in the Alzheimer units and everything. If you had something really expensive, that would constantly have to be funded. But the this is accessible. It's mm-hmm. it's that's and right. we like that because it's not nobody's trying to um, do this and take it away from us because it's not a lot of money to be made. I mean, it's not it's it it's not the big money maker. Right, and everybody has access to some sort of marking device <clears throat> and some sort of markable surface, and even if you are doing it at low tide at the beach and the sand, you're still going to look for the most beautiful, you know, useful stick that's a good length and handhold and the smoothest sand. And you're still going to be grateful for that opportunity and then appreciate what you did. Everything still works in that circumstance as well. Right. And that speaks directly to yeah. equity as well, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Because, because, uh, some some places across the country, and I dare say that that many schools have experienced similar, especially with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, it was just really hard for our educators to connect with students in their homes because what if they didn't have materials to mm-hmm. use? What if they couldn't um, didn't have access to device or things to use for drawing or painting or clay or any of those things that 
that um, Zentangle could really be a benefit to them across the board because they don't need anything to mm-hmm. really do it. You, the children could be playing in their backyard and do it, mm-hmm. you know, in the dirt or in the sand or with rocks outside. So mm-hmm. there's it's very flexible and very accessible. So I just I, wanted to pop that in there too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> I just could go on and on. I, well, first of all, you two are some of the most lovely people I've ever met and you're a- adorable as a couple. I, I don't know if people, I wish they could see you because the, the love you exude just mm-hmm. in the world is beautiful. Um, so there's that. So I can keep talking to you, <laughs> so no. but I think that, you know, usually as we come to kind of our closing, as we start to wrap up, we, we always like to add time for wisdom or last last bits of advice you'd like to give the listeners the art teachers that are listening to the podcast i you know the first thing that comes to mind is that who you are and what you are is so precious and so beautiful and so wonderful that any any tool that you can find to use to open that flow of creativity and bring it into the world in a beautiful way. And then to be able to enable that and facilitate that for your students or whoever else you're interacting with is probably one of the greatest gifts that you can do. Thanks for this opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This (laughs) has been such a great conversation and I can't wait to go start sharing even more of Zentangled and this and this process. So I, I just thank you so much. And we hope we can connect with you again in the future. Yeah, let's stay in touch. And maybe this will, uh, you know, other people will have questions or comments. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and it'll be a, a nice thing to do some follow up. And uh, yeah, let's stay in touch for sure. Yeah, we on that- definitely get a lot of resources on the we will put a lot of resources on the um, website where the mm-hmm. podcast will be housed. And- on that note, though, Rick, you know, if people just for for good measure, if you'll just tell us where people can find you easiest, mm-hmm. if they have questions, if they want to go straight to the source. Yeah. So the Zentangle.com is the, the main landing place there. And from there, you can find our YouTube channel. Uh, we we put out these things called project packs that you can purchase. But all of the instructions for them are free on YouTube. And so we do this combination of here are some supplies that are really cool, but if you don't have the supplies, here's how to do it. Here's how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's all free. Um, We have a a newsletter that's generally informative and no, and and no, it's not pushy. There's no advertising on any of our um, web um, on our website, website or... we've never monetized the YouTube channel because we couldn't control what might be on there, so mm, we chose to true. not monetize. So it's it. very simple, and it's not, not. There's nothing jumping out at you, nothing forcing you to 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 go look at something else. Right. It's only quiet. It's it's just like Zentangle. Um, yeah. yeah, and and there's uh, some links below uh, on uh, you know like where you can get some of the books and products, and we love that and. Uh, also, the, the, the blogs are yeah. so informative, and we have so many people uh, commenting, and the comments, 
are as interesting yeah. as the blogs. And they all, because all of these people have, oh, well, well, this is the way I did it. And and everything is sharing and, and you know, complimentary, no negativity ever, ever. And we made our own social media app. It's called the Zentangle Mosaic app, and it runs on iOS uh, and Android. And it is free to download and look and search. And it's subscription to post your art and uh, comment. But it's a wonderful resource, even if you don't subscribe, just to see, you can go in and search a name of a tangle and see, you know, there's, it's downloaded in some hundred and plus countries. So there's like tremendous collection of Zentangle creativity there and inspiration and ideas. So those, those are some resources. Awesome. That's awesome. And uh, in, uh, if anybody has questions, info at zentangle.com. Yeah. We'll get, get you somebody will answer your question yeah. and, and either answer it or, or send it to us. Okay. Rick and Maria, we once again just thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us. And um, we look forward to seeing you in person at, at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is fun. Thank you. Well, we, we want to see what your kids are doing and with their yeah. tiles and everything. So please send oh, them We'll share pictures. We yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. Awesome. And thank you, Tony. Tony, you made this possible. Thank you. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> they, they're so inspiring. And, you know, they are very zen as well. Oh, my gosh. That was such an amazing conversation. It was kind of all over the place, but it was... <clears throat> But it wasn't all at the same time. No, no, it, it wasn't all over the place. And I think that <sighs> it was very, it had the feel of a Zen tangle. Mm -hmm. We were working out that tangle. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, I, I don't know about you, but these are the moments where I'm like, I wish I had my own classroom because yeah. the things you could start implementing. Right. And yeah. I was thinking about like all the things I want to do. So the, the times I do get to teach are like during our summer programs mm -hmm. and I'm already thinking about <laughs> what I'm going to do with some of our summer kids that are going to come and do some enrichment. And, uh, I sense, I, I sense some Zentangles coming up. <laughs> there will be, there will be, there will be a little of that, yeah. but I, I love the community aspect of it and the sharing as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not, I mean, it is obviously for you as the artist, but then there's also this aspect it's of so much more. Yeah. And I loved the, some of the ideas that they shared as far as interacting and even some of the conversation we talked about during the, during the podcast about interacting with the community around you, mm -hmm. um, you know, having kids go and share this knowledge that they get from it all and do that with retired communities or or you know kids i was thinking or... like you know so one of our kids is right now doing the future teacher thing at school. oh mm -hmm, yeah yep. and mm -hmm. what how cool would it be if the fifth graders did something and taught the second graders mm -hmm. or yeah you know like and then just the other pass the other, it on yeah pass it on but also this i love the idea of doing this big mosaic mm -hmm. and you know i was thinking a lot of um the mosaics that dawn um our friend dawn does uh Massey. Shine bright. Massey. Thank you, Don Massey. Shout out to Don. Sorry, Don. <laughs> All I got was I was I was coming up with Twitter <laughs> handles, not last names. Um, but you know, he's done those large collaborative quilt um, panels mm -hmm. when he starts the school year, and I thought this would be a perfect way to start the school year. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody, and it's it's unique and it's different, and it's 
it's immediate success and empowerment. Oh, so absolutely. like if you really wanted to get kids, like I'm, I'm thinking about those of you that are summer planners and you like <laughs> to plan out your whole school year, you know, if you wanted to get kids really hooked into being in the art room and feeling mm-hmm. successful, this is a great From the very first. Beginning. Yeah. This is a great first thing to do. And I, and I loved, and we talked about it, but I loved one just the the immediate success you just mentioned because i mean we even saw that in our own kids Mm -hmm. when we were practicing with them but the size of it is not so intimidating it's kind of like an artist trading card kind of thing almost um and i just you know at that nine by 12 or 12 by 18 piece of paper you sit down it's like whoa because it's so small you can manipulate it turn it around it's not gonna be overwhelming also, also, the, my high school friends will understand this. There's a lot of schedule changes at the beginning of the year. Yes. And so if you give them hey, a middle three, school does too. Yeah. If you give them a three by three, mm-hmm. you haven't lost any supplies. <laughs> and if they, if they do it in one day, great. Then, and then if they're not there the next, cause their schedule got changed, then yeah. you, no, it's you true. know, just, just lots of thoughts, even, and, mm-hmm. you know, and you've still given them that tool that they could use for themselves. If they end up having a schedule change, I yeah. just think it's a really powerful way to start the school year. The, the thing that hit me the most was also towards the very end. They both, well, Maria especially said, you know, give them the best materials that you have available. Like, it's not that you have to, it's not a requirement, but you should if you can. But if not, there are so many other ways to still accomplish that same mm-hmm. thing. And it's not that you're scoffing at it. You're not turning your nose up at it. You're not feeling bad because you don't have all those really fancy super materials but anything you can give a kid will be helpful well and in this case we're talking about a three by three piece of paper Mm -hmm. um i think they have in the book i think it's 88 pound which i thought was interesting but um 90 pound paper is Uh what's readily available to art teachers 90 pound you know white paper Mm -hmm. and cut it into three by three three and a half by three and a half squares and then you need a pencil and a black pen Mm -hmm. and that's it and that's it no rulers no erasers no nothing yeah i know just something to write with so I, I hope you enjoyed this. I thoroughly enjoyed visiting with these two amazing people. I and- hope I hope you all listening gather up some more resources from this, and I hope you all find your zen. You know, as we go over this episode, I got to really thinking about the resources that Davis has that would just meld so nicely with Zentangle. <laughs> uh, you know, there's so many um, therapeutic approaches. Uh, that that Davis puts out there specifically like the therapeutic approaches to art education by Lisa K. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Speaking of Zen, uh, Hey, it's time. Is it? Yeah. I found it on the same page. page. I found a happy teacher moment. Our moment of Zen. So it's, uh, it's springtime. Yeah. So this teacher was about to head into spring break and it's Mrs. Mrs. Marauda art. I am sorry if I didn't get that right, but I think this is a brilliant little post and it's on Instagram and she had her second and third grade classes celebrating spring. Um, and they did Georgia inspired Georgia, Georgia O'Keefe inspired flowers, um, all up and down the elementary sidewalk. And the kids did it as a teamwork project. 
and it is this beautiful little chalkway path um and it, it's just happy and it's springtime and it's her happy teacher moment and i think it's very happy that that is that sounds like a really cool way to just kick off going into spring break yeah so yeah. thank you for sharing that and if you ever want to share your happy teacher moments, just use a hashtag on any of the social medias of happy teacher moment and happy teacher moments. And uh, we'll certainly read them. We like to share the happiness. Yes. Happy. Yes. Also, by the way, we love your feedback. So if you want to give us feedback, you're more than welcome to share it on davisart.com or grunlerart.com or message us on any of the social medias well we're not on tiktok so there's that there's that but uh <laughs> but or even just drop a, a review or um some kind of feedback on a podcast and uh, we'd love to hear it and uh maybe even hear who you'd like for us to talk to and make sure to subscribe and follow because that helps us grow If you've been listening for a while, then you know that we are always looking for new ideas and inspirations. So if you have any suggestions, comments, or info to share with your peers, find us on Twitter and Facebook or through our partner with Davis Publications at davisart.com.